Welcome to Raising Your Spirits. Our hope is to help you make positive changes by providing guided messages from spirit. Tuning forks, crystals, and distance healing are how we pass those messages from spirit to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your vibrational growth with us. Your host for this version of Raising Your Spirits, Tony Ginnis. Well, welcome everybody to the next edition of Tuning In with Tony. Today's going to be a very interesting class. It's kind of a, a, a piggyback from what we did last week. If you recall, our topic last week was um, universe meets you halfway. And we used the, uh, the Euro Tunnel as an example where two countries got together and they were both coming together at the same time and meeting in the middle. And that's a little bit about what the uh, universe does to you. So it's so many times we think we're making this trip all alone <laughs> and it just seems like we're making the trek. But uh, it's amazing how many advantages we have when we start looking at them. So today's color is the same as last week. It's still turquoise. It's still a light blue. We're still working on the expression part of our energy, which is our throat chakra, shoulders, that whole mouth area, anything you use to communicate or be able to show people what you do, whether it's in art or any kind of an expression. So this light blue color is very, very powerful when it comes to looking at what we're going to be talking about today, uh, the power of observation, the power of looking at something. And I wanted to, we brought this up uh, the odd time in other classes, but we wanted to take a deeper dive in this particular area. What does it mean when we look at something and we observe something? We're going to be really looking at it in a deeper way today. The theme itself today is about isolation of all things. It is isolation because in all of the things that we have going on, Many times we choose isolation or to be alone, like we get invited to a party and we figured, ah, maybe I won't go. I don't know if I'm really ready for parties. Uh, I've had a long week and it's been exhausting. Or you might even have a tux if it is something a little more formal and you'd figure, well, what if I get something spilt on it? And uh, it's it, it just, you don't sometimes get involved with that. And what that is, is all of that has to do with being able to see an opportunity and you let it pass you by. In other words, you're watching this go by. And, and it is about that. Is, is So what are you watching when you're looking at your own life? Are you passing up some opportunities? And the only thing that's holding you back is the unknown. Well, I got a job offer or I've got a an invitation to go to some place, and I don't even know if it's going to be worthwhile. Well, rather than tapping into your intuition or your gut feelings, you just don't want to go. And you watch things go by. So it's that, that observation. What are you really uh, afraid of? What are you really wanting in life? Because a lot of times when you are sending out messages that, look, I really want this, so I want that, Whatever it is that you want, sometimes it's not going to be presented to you in such an easy, obvious bow and, and gift. A lot of times it's covered up with stuff. 
And we sometimes wonder why on earth would would I get that? Because I was asking for something totally different. And then I, I get this. You know, I want to meet a certain person. And then I go to this one party and I know this person's not going to be there. So I won't bother going. So let's talk about that a little bit, is what it is that we are looking at. So the first thing we want to do is really differentiate what it is when we are watching something, like you're watching a TV show, you're watching, let's say, a series of videos on YouTube or, or your favorite place where you get your videos, and the only thing that has happened, let's say, over the last two or three hours is two or three hours have passed. You're just watching it. You're, you're, there's no real anything you got from it. It was more entertaining. Is uh, Some people will call it, well, it was kind of mindless. I just needed something just to sort of entertain myself. And these things went by. That's when you're watching something. It has no real purpose. It's just, you're just watching it for absolutely no reason. When you are observing, it's a completely different energy. And we want to be able to differentiate the two because we're going to be using words like watching or observing. Uh, and sometimes they mean the same thing and other times it's vastly different. When you're observing, you are decoding. You are looking at patterns. You're looking at behavior. Like when you're observing your children or let's say you go to a park and you've got a lot of things on your mind and you know, you go to a park and you observe what the chipmunks are doing, or you observe what the children are doing in the sandbox. And you see that there maybe there's a, a stir or there's a confusion and somebody throws sand on another kid's face and you're just observing. Mm, that's interesting. And you're looking for patterns. You're looking for things, right? And then you find out within like two minutes, they're back playing. That's interesting. There was a conflict, they worked it out, now they're back playing. That's an interesting observation. That's the kind of power we're talking about. Because that's going to be incredibly important in our meditation today. We're going to be getting you to select something in your life that's been constantly gnawing at you. Whether it's something that happened many years ago, you were embarrassed in front of the class, you tried to get up in front of the class and... You know, whether you were stuttering or whether you said something that was funny and people sort of ridiculed you afterwards, you know, and that could leave a lasting impression on a lot of people, especially children. You know, we would think that, oh, gee, I don't know why I hate getting up in front of a group of people or I hate, you know, making a toast. Some people don't like that. They'll say, you know, there's, it's a really momentous uh, occasion and they want somebody to get up and do a toast for the year. And some people can't do that. They say, I don't even know what to say. What if I say something dumb? I'm going to be laughed at. And so there's always this initial fear that oh, what, what, what if, what if, and that's usually be, because of something that happened years and years ago that we've probably even forgotten the event or the incident, and it's still there, it's still haunting you or daunting you. So one of the things that we want to talk about in terms of observation here is one of the quotes that we read to you in last week's class. Remember that one with Rumi? And I'm just going to go through it again, just, to, just as a quick review, or for those that couldn't make it for last week's class. 
Now, Rumi is one of my favorite uh, poets. He was a 13th century uh, Afghan refugee, and uh, his work has been known like throughout time. And one of them really caught my eye, and it says, When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of distress and anxiety. However, if I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me without any pain. From this, I understand that what I want also wants me. It is looking for me and attached to me. We went on a little further just to give a very subtle interpretation of what that is. And mainly what it is, is that if you really want something, really, in your soul, it's not just, yeah, I would really like a million dollars. And it's not something that's really believable. It's just something that you think you need. That never happens. But whenever it touches your soul, I really want, and then whatever it is, a health clinic, or I really want to get into the circuit where I could start talking to people about just a few things that I know that might make a difference with other people. And so I want to be invited to public speak in front of people to talk about things. But I don't, I'm not getting very many invitations, but I really want this. And then you send that out. When you send something like that out that touches your soul, that thing that you want also wants you. And so we looked at the intelligence of what it is that we're asking for that you want and they want, and they meet you halfway. That's why we used that theme last week of the universe meets you halfway, because it does. It absolutely does. Now, your half of the journey may be one heck of a journey, and it feels like you're going there and back and there and back, and and it's just like it never ends, and there's a series of delays and series of things that it just never ends and it just like uh, it's almost like it's not going to happen but that's only your half the universe has their half but they they're not going to just give it to you because it's it is all about creation we as humans are here because we can create and we're really good at it when we are focused at it and it really hits our soul in that way, that we really want something, of course it'll happen. But when we see something as important as what it is that we're focused on, you got to realize that that energy knows that you're watching it. It knows that you have its scope on it because it saw you first, right? I mean, when we look at uh, science in, in, in certain ways, uh, there's, a, uh, there's an experiment that, uh, and this, this was done uh, quite a few uh, hundreds years ago with, uh, with Jung's uh, relativity um, and, and his uh, theory about light and light waves. When he took basically a, um, a panel and he blocked off and he had two little slits uh, in this panel, and he sent protons in on one side of the the slit or the other. So it was either going to go on the left or the right. And when you're observing it, when you're watching these little light bolts going through it, okay, that was on the left, that was on the left, that was on the right, and you see these light going through the the slits onto the other side, you start to notice something very interesting. Because when you're watching it, it's going through at a certain pace, 
but there are no waves. There are no waves. And this is where a lot of people argued uh, Jung's theory of uh, interference with light, that light isn't a wave. He always said there is a wave. There is, everything has a wave. Water has a wave. There are radio waves. There are sound waves. Light has the same waves. Light is simply the, uh, uh, a visual wave, and the auditory is so high we can't hear it, but it is still a vibration, and it, it also goes in waves. Because it's so fast, 186,000 miles per second, by the way, when it goes that fast, it, it's really hard to distinguish whether the wave is there. So he set up these experiments where they could show that going through one slit or the other will have a wave. And as they were looking at it, they didn't see a wave. Now, they also had at the time, and how they recorded this was, was something, uh, uh, another daunting thing. Somebody had, had left the recording device on as they went for lunch. And, and, and they were still going through the experiments. And then uh, when they came back, they realized, oh, gee, I left this on. And when they looked at it, they realized, there it is. There it is. There's the wave. But nobody was watching it. So they looked at it again. There's no wave. But when they turned their head and don't watch it, the light knew it was watching you. And so the behavior, and this is what really blew a lot of people's mind, Time after time after time, they had one experiment where you were watching the light go through, no waves. As soon as you turn your head, there's waves. And they couldn't explain that until somebody said, I'll bet it's watching. It knows that you're watching it. So the element of observation has an energy. Just by looking at something has an energy. How many times have you heard someone say that they're in a crowded room and they're talking and then they look around, somebody's watching me. Have you, have you not heard that in, in a movie or has that ever happened to you where you just figure you're looking around the coffee shop and you just feel like you're, you're being watched? Um, Michael Jackson made reference to this in one of his songs where uh, somebody's watching me, all right? And it was because of this. You just feel that feel someone's watching me because you can detect because your your sensory perceptions are sensitive enough in some people that they can just feel no I'm being watched I feel it I like uh, my uh, my uh, goosebumps are coming up I, I'm, I'm being watched and I, and I don't know what it is or who it is or what they want but you you feel that and energy is thousands and thousands of times more sensitive than you. So if you feel it from a very crude sort of application, coarse energy feels it right away. As soon as you watch something, it feels the energy and the power of observation that you're watching it. So it behaves differently. It has an intelligence that it actually behaves differently. And so then, of course, the, the theory goes on, well, well, how does that work for astronomy? I mean, when I'm looking at Jupiter through the lens and I can see the surface because of that. And so one question was asked in one of my uh, classes together uh, that, well, can the, Ju can the planet of Jupiter know that I'm watching? He says, absolutely. 
And so all the calculations that you're writing down, oh yeah, that the uh, atmosphere is 12 times heavier and all of this stuff. Yeah, well, that's what that planet is telling you. Yes. But whether it's true or not, we don't know. But, you know, we don't want to go there because uh, because if it is 12 times heavier, then you would be crushed. You, you wouldn't even make it to the surface. The The entire spaceship would be crushed because the uh, gravitational pull and the all, all of that is just way beyond if it is true. Um, but it also shows that uh, Jupiter doesn't want you to land on it. <laughs> but yes, yes, so all of these are very true when we look at it in the sense of, so what does that mean when it comes to any energy? So when, when we really want to have some fun with this, how far can it go? Okay, I mean, when we look at the very thing, uh, you've heard some of the quotes when people say, if a tree falls in the forest and it creates a huge bang, is there a noise or is there a sound, right? Have you heard that? Well, like any waves and like sound waves, uh, particularly, if any waves are like that, the only time sound can be heard is when it's a vibration. Sound is a vibration. Vibrations can be picked up with only one thing, with an eardrum. If there are no eardrums in the vicinity, if something does fall, there is no sound because you need a, a transmitter and you need a receiver. If there's no receiver, there is no sound in that definition. But the same with light. If, if there is light in a certain place, but there are no eyes that can pick it up, is there light? And the answer is no. That also applies in space. You know, you could go through literally hundreds of thousands of miles of in, in, in a spaceship, and it's all dark until you look at light. And then your eyes pick it up. Oh, is that ever bright? But throughout this whole time between the sun and you, it, it, there is no light until it's picked up by you. That's the definition of the light. And when you see the light, you see the waves, then you react. So you are like any energy that's on this planet that is also has the intelligence of understanding that what energy is, is a series of light, okay? So when a flower opens up, now here's one thing that was really interesting. If a flower opens up and it's beautiful, it doesn't know it's beautiful, it just opens up. When we look at it, it's the observer always that says, oh, isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that smell nice? We use our senses. But the flower doesn't say, I stink. I can't do this. I'm not, I'm ugly. I, it, it doesn't do that. That's not what it does. Flowers do what flowers do. It opens up and that's it. It doesn't care if you're nearby. It's beautiful whether you're there or not. What do we do as humans when we start to figure that, okay, I am getting the calling to do something. I got to go out and start talking about various things about health or various things that I know that might help other people. Well, I'm not a very good public speaker. Maybe I'm too short. I'm overweight. You can't say any of that because you're not the observer. You are the flower. All you need to do is get out there and open up. 
But a lot of times, this is where we start to become out of balance, is when we take the role of the flower, of the thing that has to open, plus we take the role of the observer, where we are thinking what other people would be thinking if they saw us on stage, or what other people would be doing if they saw us do whatever it is that we're doing. So there's, that's why when we judge ourselves, it's so harsh and it really hits our core because that's not our job is to be the observer. Being the observer is simply sitting back and observing something else, not you. Make sense? Because everything on this planet knows this except humans. We, see, we tend to be very harsh on ourselves. We tend to look at our past and all the th- people that said of who we are, just because one person said you were a bad driver when you were 16, you know, let's say you backed up into something. Well, you're 16. You, you didn't have very much time on behind the wheel. And, you know, sometimes mishaps happen. And somebody said, oh, you're a poor driver. Well, you could be taking that uh, like ahead 30, 40 years easily. And that's just driving. And that's just simple, something that you could learn and get better. But we're not even talking about the fact that, oh, you're not enough. No, you need to make a lot more money. Or you're too short. Well, what can we do with our height? We can't do much with our height. We think that, oh, maybe if we, you know, eat other foods and different foods. That, no, we are the way we are and we're perfect the way we are. We're not meant to be a certain height or a certain build. We're just meant to be you. Just simply open up. Just simply follow what it is that you you feel you need to do. And then that is where it is. So it's really not fair when people judge themselves to try to rationalize whether or not they should do something. And, And that's another question. One of the questions that uh, you you could be uh, asking yourself is, well, then what do we need to focus on? Like, what kind of feedback should we get from other people? What do we need from other people? If if we're supposed to be these these, um, beings that we have to collaborate with other people, get along with other people, you know, all of that, what do I need from another person? What am I looking for? In this case, what am I observing? What am I trying to get? And all spirit is saying nothing. There is absolutely nothing that other people need to do anything for you. All you need to do is connect to your source energy. Get yourself balanced. Get yourself in a place where you are this entity. You are this thing. And then when you exude that and you show that, Other people will then observe it. And that's it. It's nothing that you need from others. Others will give you ideas. And of course, uh, spirit plays that out very, very well in our early years when we're just sort of toying with our craft and trying to get better at whatever it is that we are doing, whether it is public speaking or whether it is sales or whether it is um, being able to find happiness. I mean, that, that, that's something that simple. If you see somebody happy, the first thing I ask is, what are you doing? Well, like, what do you do in life? What, what makes you so happy? Just so I could see what his or what that person's perspective is. 
And then I'll say, is that going to be applicable for me? And sometimes it isn't. And other times, half of it is. And I said, okay, this is something. They, they could give me a list of five or six things, and it really doesn't re- resonate most of them. But they say one of them, and I say, hey, that resonates. I could do that. And then I'll pull that and use it in my own experience and see how I can flourish it with myself. That happens, yes. But it's not about looking at whatever it is that you're, you're looking at, thinking that you have it. Now, here's another thing that I really want to, to hit home very, very well, because the way negative energy works, now, negative energy, I'm talking guilt, I'm talking uh, regret, resentment, anger, and uh, depression, and, and a whole list of other things that just keep us, like, I'm, I'm feeling I'm not enough, feeling like, you know, what do I have to possibly give somebody? energies like that. That energy is programmed and intended to be able to give to another human being so that they could put in their ingredients to make it stronger so it can continue. So it's almost like a virus. It comes to me, you know, you hear about somebody that's, let's say, uh, depressed. Let's use that example. He says, oh, yeah, you know, after COVID, everything went down. I, I lost my business. I, and I, I hear of other people losing their business and their livelihood. And because of the vaccine, that they had to quit their jobs. And, and I'm, I'm about to write in that area. And so when someone else hears this, though, they have a choice whether this is something that applies to them or if they are going through much the same back and forth, because like does attract like, right? That's that's the way the law of attraction works, but it also works for negative energy. And so negative energy is relying on other humans to be able to keep that momentum going by saying, oh, you're so right. I, I know what you mean. I know people that also lost their jobs and, you know, they go on and on. Now, whether that's true or not is not the issue. But what is the issue is that you agree with it. And somehow that picked up something in your energy to also now be depressed. Now, one person was depressed. It hits you. Now you're depressed. And your job is to then infect other people in in that way by saying the same stories. The other option in all of this is to be able to look at this and watch this and be able to see what it is, the other thing is to look at this energy and then look at it for what it is. And this is where spirit wanted to bring in the power of observation. So let's use that same example. Somebody gives all these reasons why, you know, their depression is justified. That's usually why they're bringing it up because they don't want to be alone doing that. They want to have a lot of people, allies, that are also in the same boat where they're all feeling in the dumps. So then they share it with other people. And once they get an ally, then it just starts to grow, whether it's in it's in the social media aspect or whether it's uh, your neighbors and they all have the same thing. When it comes up like this, let's just use that same example, depression. And of course, when a person is feeling like 
they're just observing. They're not really agreeing. They're not disagreeing. They're just watching that energy. So here's one technique that you could use that I've used for many people in my own practice is that when whatever comes up, just watch it. Just observe what it is. The first thing you want to do is identify the energy, whether it's depression, whether it's guilt, whether it's, it doesn't have to be exact. It's just so you have an idea of what it is. When you get that, you just look at it. If it is depression, you look at it and you try and get, what does this energy feel like? Does it feel alone? Does it feel like it's not enough? Is it depressed because it doesn't have anybody? Is it depressed because, and then just get a feeling for what it is. What color is it? Most times it's sort of charcoal gray, but it could be like a, 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 a very dull orange or a dull yellow or really, and, and there's lots of black spots in it. You know, if you try to really identify what it is, you're just, again, observing. And if it is black, it's black. It doesn't matter. And, and it, there, there's no other energy that needs to happen in there as to, oh, is black a bad thing? You don't need to go that far that because that's judgment. So you just look at it. You see that it's black. And then what you do is you just bring in your higher consciousness. And you don't do anything other than just watch it. As soon as the energy... Now, here's the thing. The energy, as we've already covered... It knows you're watching it, right? Is that safe to say by this point? I, th I think we've, we've got that intelligence. When you are watching an energy of depression, it knows you are watching it. It also is knowing that, hey, he's not buying this. He's just watching me because the depression is based on identity. It's based on so many things that the ego has cooked up to create this energy of depression, right? When that comes up and you just watch it, what ends up happening is you start finding out what color it is, all the emotions, and then you just simply say, I give you permission to turn into something more beautiful, more free, more loving, and you can do it in your own way. You don't have to say this. I will say it to an energy. But if it's far away or if it's uh, various things, you can just say it in your mind and just say, I give you permission to turn into something better. And watch how it changes in front of you. Within 20 seconds, the energies will start to change color. It'll start to squirm. It'll move around. It'll get... Uh, it, like In other words, parts of its makeup will start falling away. Parts of its composure will just start dropping. It'll start shrinking. It'll start getting more quiet. If it was very vocal before, all of a sudden, if it is anger, you wouldn't get a lot of vocal when it's an energy of depression. But certainly, if you have an energy of anger, or if you have an energy of frustration, uh, the energy is more vocal. But even though there's no vocals, even if it's a depression, you can still see that it's starting to melt away. I've done this with children uh, in night terrors and different things. And instead of running while they're in that state, they just tell the wolf or whatever that's chasing it, 
come over to me and want to hug it. The next thing you know, the wolf turns into a butterfly or turns into something else. And you do it by simply looking at it. You don't do anything. You don't activate anything. You don't judge it. You just let the energy rest in its own energy. And your power of observation is watching it. And it hates it. If it's energy of anger, if it's energy of depression, if it's energy of guilt, it does not like being looked at because it wants you to buy whatever it is it's selling. And if you're not buying it, it's now realizing that it needs to get out of there or it has to change, okay? And that's what I want you to do. I want you to select something in your life that is constantly at a point where it's challenging your happiness, challenging whatever it is that you want, all right? Even at this time when we're talking, because there's, there's obviously someone in the, in the audience or, or in our, our midst that has a very serious energy, and it's looking at you seriously. And it's amazing that energy brought in humor, just to bring it down, realizing, hey, it's, it's not a big deal. It's okay. We got this. So you could do this with a trauma. This works for so many things. I have actually, believe it or not, used this to take out a dark entity out of a body. Now, you've heard of exorcism and all these other things. That I, I don't do those things. I don't need to. All I have to do is show up and watch it. And then there's just a certain things that come and it can, it can see that, I, that I'm, I'm not afraid. It can see that I'm not buying whatever it's trying to tell me. And it could be more stubborn, but all I'd have to say is, okay, are you done? Because I'm not buying this. So I ask you to turn into something more beautiful. And usually within two minutes, that trauma of whatever it is, the trauma of being ridiculed, the trauma of, of uh, any number of things you can think of, starts to melt away the moment you say, I give you permission to turn into something more beautiful. So anything in your life that you are still sort of having an issue with being happy, you know what it is that's holding you back, whether it's something in your past, something that is just not wanting to leave you, it's always reminding you that you're not enough or you're too short or whatever it is that, that is the issue. You just say to yourself, I'm me, I'm a flower, and it's not up to me to observe myself and judge myself. I just have to open up, just like a flower, and let others tell me what they see. I guarantee one thing. If you have a best friend and you ask them, I want you to truthfully tell me what kind of a person I am. What do you see? What do you what what attracts you to a person like myself? To a best friend, they'll give you an honest answer. I says, I, I am in awe of you. I I see the way you handle the kids with all the overwhelming stresses that you are going through. I see the physical things that you're going through, the doctor's appointments that you go through, and yet you don't complain. You come home and you still do all those things, and it's like you're a super person. I don't understand how you do this. Really? You see all that? Because I don't feel very strong. I don't know if you feel it or not, but this is what I see. And that will blow you away.
It's not about how you think you are projecting all those things. What are people seeing in you? And as soon as you start diving into those things, that people that care about you and will give you honest answers, it, it, it'll, it'll floor you as to what they are seeing. And you don't see it because you're so close to yourself. That's the power of observation. So I want you to pick a time in your life where something like that happened to you. Going back, maybe something happened last week. And whatever the energy is, whatever the energy that is challenging you, something's happening with your kids or your grandkids, you're saying, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to get them to be motivated to do X, Y, Z? I can't figure it out. So then let's say this happened a, a few weeks ago with a client. He said, I, I have a, 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 like a person who's in their early 20s, not getting up out of the couch. They, I can't get them to do anything. They get up at sometimes 4 p.m. They get up from sleeping at 4 p.m. because they've gone to bed so late that they sleep all day. I just can't. What am I supposed to do? And I says, what energy is that in you? What energy is pushing you that you feel you need to do something? Well, it's the energy of, uh, I don't know where, uh, I don't know what it is, actually. I just want them to feel good about themselves. I want them, okay, so where is it on your body? I says, well, really, to be honest, Tony, it's in my stomach. It's in the pit of my stomach, and it's, it's just driving me crazy. All right. Do you feel this energy? Do you feel this energy? And the person says, yeah. So what I want you to do, I want you to reach in, in your mind, I want you to reach in with your hand, and I want you to pull this energy out of your stomach and put it in your hand in front of you. And let me know when you've done that. Usually people can do it within 20 seconds. Even the people that are just starting it, they don't understand. But they, yeah, okay, it's in my hand. So that energy, that issue is in your hand. Describe it. What is it? What color is it? So you're looking at it and you're describing it. Describe the color, the emotion. It's not laziness. It's just being uninspired. It, it's, it's this energy that doesn't want you to move and it just wants it, its life to be torn away by inactivity. Okay, look at it. I want you to talk to it. It says, get some kind of dialogue going of this energy. I mean, it's in your system anyway. Get it out of your system. Look at it and observe it. Get the color, the size, what it feels. Is it heavy in your hands or is it light? Is it, what, what is it? How big is it? Is it like a slime or is it more like a bowling ball? Is it heavy? You know, like try and go as many descriptions as you can. And then just simply say, I give you permission to turn into something more beautiful. And then you just go through your thing. And then the question comes up is, Tony, but this isn't in me. This is in my loved one, my son or my daughter, whatever. I know, but it's bothering you. So it's in your system. So you got to pull it out of your system for it to understand. And as soon as you observe it, you watch that energy start to melt, start to change, start to shift. So I want you to do that in this project. We have a whole new meditation for today. I just finished it last night. I didn't even have a chance to get um, uh, get a video on it, but I have the audio uh, on this particular meditation, okay? We're going to be listening to 
to this and I want you to be able to get an energy, put it in your hands and just look at it. Just observe it and try and get as many things on it as possible. And then as you're observing it, watch the way it, squ it squims, squeamers and whatever. Is that, is that pretty clear for everybody? It's inside your system somewhere. Whether it, it, it's doubting something or whether you feel you're not enough or whether you feel you need more, it's somewhere in your body. You mm -hmm. feel it. You feel it. It could be in the pit of your stomach. It could be in your heart, your shoulders, wherever. But you, you would feel it. Pull it out and put it in your hand. And the tuning forks and the different energies that, that I've uh, built into or the Spirit and I have built into this meditation will help you with this ob observation energy and melt this energy faster. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let's okay. try it. So let's try it. And I want you to uh, just look at this. And it's all about observing. It's called nature's calling. It is, uh, it is the, the, the different energies that we're bringing in from nature to make this happen. Since we're the only ones on the planet that are really worried about this, it's only natural that we use animals and various animals on this earth to help us through this. So I want you to take a nice deep breath of this turquoise light blue. Just, just breathe it all in. This turquoisey Mediterranean blue color. Fill your whole system and then exhale. And just keep doing that for the first while, okay? And when the music starts, I want you to then work with that, okay? So let's see what happens. All right, let's begin.
Thank you for listening to Raising Your Spirits. If there is a subject you would like to hear in a future podcast or would like to book a session with Tony, reach out to his Facebook group at Genis Shields Natural Healing Center or group tuning classes with Tony on his online virtual weekly classes. The YouTube channel is Suzanne and Tony 17. That's Suzanne and Tony, all one word and the number 17. And the website is lovehigherself.com. Until next time, namaste.